Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. It's over. Well, at least almost over. The election for 2020. I don't usually do current events or breaking news stuff, as you know, as I'm generally more considered with huge, big picture cultural movement type stuff. But of course, this event comes around only once every four years. So let's talk about it. Sure, we still don't know the who the president will be yet. With the vote-by-mail ballots, we still may not even know for a few more days. Then begins the potential lawsuits, the recounts, and a hot mess that could take weeks to resolve. Surely, in the remaining states, it looks like the unprecedented mail-in ballots that many thought would be the problem will, in fact, pan out to be the problem as every single ballot signature validity is probably going to courts in at least a few states. Ultimately, the Supreme Court, if I could dare make a prediction this morning, is where this is going to end up. Uh, But that prediction, of course, is worth about as much as a $3 bill at this point. One thing we can see for certain, and I podcasted on this topic just a few weeks ago on one entitled The Irrelevant Voter, a story of the disengaged. There is still a problem with voter participation. Probably, depending on how the final numbers end up, 50 to 60 million people just decided and said, nah, I'm good. Who cares who wins? It looks like roughly 134.8 million, add in maybe 2 to 4 million yet to be counted still today. This gets us a healthy increase over participation from 2016, which was only about 128.8 million. I mean, that's nice and that's good. But as I said in the last podcast, we have well over 200 million adults that are of voting age who could have voted had they bothered to register, bothered to engage. It seems, once again, our representative democracy is only actually going to represent the votes of, oh, roughly about 62, 67% of the people by the time everything's all said and done. Uh, We're going to hear of this unprecedented, unheard of turnout from the media. What we will not hear, though, is this scary fact that in a in supposedly the freest and the most democratic of countries 60 to 80 million people simply didn't bother to participate at all i don't want to go into this problem in the elections and those who are not voting again but we all need to consider this going forward Many people don't necessarily like one or the other choices. And with this unheard of block of disengaged voters, there is enough votes to literally crush the current landscape of voting and end the monopoly of the RNC and the DNC, giving us candidates consistently that we really don't want to vote for. Because supposedly in our democracy, our freedom of choice is actually a choice between who the RNC and the DNC puts in front of us. 
But enough with that. This brings me to the point of this podcast. In the end, the thesis is it doesn't even really matter who wins. Really, it doesn't. Yesterday, you had to wake up. You went to work. You went through your duties. You live life to the very best you could live it, hopefully. Today, post-election, you woke up. You're going to go to work or you're on your way to work or you went to work. You went through your duties of life the very best that you could do it. And during any challenge that the country may have as we sit in a state of limbo in counting the votes, you have to wake up, you have to go to work, you go through your duties, and you have to live your life the best you can. And then on this final fateful day, whenever it comes, whether it's today or whether it's in a week or whether it's in a month, and the whole thing is 100% over, maybe it's a Supreme Court fart, maybe fight maybe it's not maybe whatever it is we're gonna have a president that's sworn in it might be a new one it might be the same one you're gonna have to wake up you're gonna have to go to work you're gonna go through your duties and you're gonna try and live life the best that you can but anyway i titled this podcast worry about tomorrow tomorrow i remember one time we were traveling through Georgia, probably going back home to Iowa, stopped at a a gas station, basically out in the middle of nowhere in South Georgia. And I I remember I was waiting in line at the counter of a gas station. This good old country guy comes in there. He's standing right in front of me waiting to check out. He's buying a 12-pack of beer at, oh, about 8 a.m. in the middle of the week in the morning. The checkout clerk, probably knew him because it was a small town, made some comment comment about, oh, isn't it a little early to be drinking? And don't you have to get at work and get some stuff done? His comment with a very southern Georgia drawl, ah, I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm fishing today. I found that pretty funny. A year or so later, I stumbled on a Bible verse at home and I was reading in the morning in Matthew, actually 634, for those of you that are Christians, read the Bible, it states this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I didn't know if this good old boy who chucked off his duties for the day to go fishing and drink some beer, was attempting to be biblical at 8 o'clock in the morning in a checkout counter at a convenience store buying that 12-pack. But the verse has really stuck with me ever since I went through that event and I read that verse. We, We don't need to worry. Today and every day, we need to draw this distinction. If there is something in our power to control or to fix, then we need to do it. But if it isn't in our power to fix it or change it, why are you even worrying about it? If you cannot correct it because it isn't in your power to correct, then you need to just let it go. What is the point of getting angry, upset, stressed, anxiety ridden over something that is beyond your control to fix? If you did your civic duty and voted, or maybe you're even a very hardcore Democrat or Republican and and you volunteered for the cause, or maybe you even gave some money to the cause. But now, in the end, the day after the election, you did whatever you could do. There really is nothing else that remains. So it's time to take a deep breath and just let it play itself out. See, that southern Georgia farmer 
controlled how he wanted to spend the day. He chose to spend it fishing. He could have chose to gone to work. He could have chosen anything. But once he started fishing, he wasn't able to choose whether it was going to rain or if the fish didn't bite or if the fish were even there at all. He can't be upset with that because it's out of his control. I hope he ultimately had a great day, but maybe he didn't. We control what we control and we don't what we don't. You get the idea. So this story leads us to our very first principle. Let's talk right now in earnest about getting over this election and moving forward with your best self. I can argue this may just be the opportunity for you to put away emotion, fear, anxiety, crazy fixations on things that are beyond your control. And a lot of those things are going on. This is 2020 and it has been a crazy year where a whole lot of stuff is happening all the time. And we can get over all these negative emotions and passions and all these things that are bringing us down and instead become the master of your own mind and the master of your own thoughts to live a better life. We can use this event to learn how our brain works and how to control emotions. And once we get it with politics in this election, we can use it in every aspect of life. So let's go ahead and get going. The first principle is focus on what you can control except what you can't. Epictetus, he was a Stoic philosopher. He said this, quote, Make the best use of what is in your power and take the rest as it happens. Some things are up to us and some things are not up to us. We just have to carefully distinguish between what is up to us or within our own power and what is not. So what are those things? Up up to us, those things that are up to us are our voluntary choices, namely our actions and our judgments. Sadly, everything else is not under your control. You voted. You voted for Trump. You have no more control. You voted for Biden. You have no no more control. You may have chose not to participate in the election at all. You have no control and chose not to exercise your own discretion. All three of these really are right now, today, on November the 4th, in exactly the same spot. All three. Seems really simplistic. It is, but let's go further. What then do we control? Let's look at that. Here is what you control. Let's get very granular. You control your thoughts, your actions, your judgments. So when you feel those thoughts drifting to what you don't control, you need to snap that mind back. You need to take some deep breaths. You need to refocus your mind. You need to take a walk. You need to go to the gym. Talk with a friend. Pray. Meditate. Work on a project. Mow the lawn. Shovel some snow. I don't know. Do anything. When you catch yourself mentally stressing, fearing, worrying, the results will come in this election whether you end up liking them or not. It's a democracy. You don't get to choose the president by yourself. You don't get to choose the actions of other people. You may even think the other side cheated us or is clueless, but you yourself, you don't get to fix that either. Not to be fatalistic, but no matter how much you worry or fear or have anger, you don't get to control it. Worrying surely won't make the outcome any better. You cannot stress or anger yourself to your candidate winning. In the end, if you will focus on what you can control, 
worry will fall away. This is really such a mental power booster. When you only focus on what you control, you will get satisfaction and confidence from knowing you are doing your best and trying everything in your power to focus on the things you can control. Nobody, not Trump, not Biden, not some political bureaucracy, not the media, can ever control how you react to situations if you choose to take control. Internalize this basic truth. You and you alone control your behavior, but not the outcomes. The human mind thinks that if we work hard enough, strive hard enough, uh, think hard enough, that we can control outcomes, but we don't. You don't control the outcome, let alone your own or the outcomes of other people's behaviors. And when we understand this, it leads to a calm of acceptance of whatever happens. We're secure in the knowledge that you've done your best given the circumstances that you find yourself. Of course, you don't get that feeling if you didn't do everything in your power to reach that outcome, talking to the non-voters there. But if you think about it, that would lead to regret that you didn't participate. But regret, that's something for another pod podcast. You know, you, at this point, you get the point. Those of you that did everything you could, you have to let the outcome happen. Those of you that refused to vote or didn't vote or whatever, you really got nothing to do. You, you really don't have anything to even worry or stress about because you didn't even take actions to try and elicit an outcome. You didn't do everything in your power. You didn't express your actions. You didn't do things. So thus, why would you even stress about it at all? And if you have regret, well, that's a that's a whole nother thing. You get the point at this point. Maybe someday, again, I'll podcast on regret. But this concept is fairly simple to understand, but it is hard to do. Let me give you a little practice, a little stoic mental exercise. First, we'll look at this exercise generically. Then we'll look at it in regards to the election. So here's how it works. Whenever you get that strong impression or emotion from something, stop, take a few deep breaths, and you have to mentally ask yourself this question. Is this something that is or is not in my control? And then... If it's not one of the things that you control, be ready with this reaction and say this mentally to yourself. Then it's none of my concern. Then turn your attention toward the things you do control. The Biden or Trump supporter sits minute by minute, hour by hour, staring at the election results, watching the percent reported go up, the votes move, anxiety rises, or momentary falls when it looks like your side's winning. As the votes tick in, Fox News loves the focus. CNN starts counting the money from all the viewership. But if the person sitting down as the heart beats fast and the breathing is short and tense, I mean, we all know that it, that anxiety state of mind. But if that person who's doing this has the mental awareness to stop and ask, is this something that is or is not in my control? When the answer is mentally no, and they then repeat, then it's none of my concern. Then they move and do something that they do control. Anxiety will pass almost guaranteed. I mean, really think about it. 
if you were planning on sitting and watching these volts roll in, you're tuned into the news nonstop and you're hoping and you're thinking and you're watching and you're running what if scenarios in your brain over and over and over again. None of that's in your control. None of it. So if we go through this exercise and snap our mental train of thought that might be caught in this endless loop, it can kind of, it will diminish that anxiety and that stress. So move you towards something more positive. If we all do this to eliminate stress from our lives, you know, you may need to even do this 50 times today, but do it over and over and over again. And as your mind gets used to and re- rehashes this exercise in its brain, the stress should over time become less and less. I've already done this more than a few times today, if I was honest with you. The second thing to do, if you really want to keep your mind on the election, but you realize you can't change it, mentally practice mental exercise. Ask what could go wrong from this point forward. I've previously podcasted about this exercise of exploring the negative outcomes. It's an intellectual exercise for your brain. It is important as it, number one, it helps you focus on what you control, which we just talked about. And then number two, it puts in perspective those things that we do not control. So these two exercises in combination work outstanding. The first one is focusing towards what you control, but the second thing it does, it puts in perspective the things that are going around while your imagination and your fear are trying to run wild. These two exercises will help move you back to a more grounded center. I mean, I love the practice of misinformation because I trade options a lot and everything in this game is a risk reward equation. And this probability analysis fits me well, so I I really enjoy it. So basically, if you didn't see the other podcast, when it goes like this, when you're able to build up an indifference to feared outcomes, you tend not to worry about them. This restores power to yourself to actually face what happens calmly, rationally, patiently if they do happen to occur. This is why it works so well in option trading, not just politics, or you can apply it to any business decision. By the way, it was podcast number 25. I discuss in detail this this stoic idea of the premeditation of evils or practicing misinformation. But here's another mental exercise you can use. If you do this, I guarantee it will ease your anxiety. Ask yourself these questions. It's even more simple than the exercise I put out in episode number 25. So let's say you're a Republican. You voted for Donald Trump. You run through a scenario of what if Joe Biden wins? Well, what is this worst case scenario? Fear of a massive blue wave running everything with impunity in D.C., meaning House, Senate, White House. Uh, What else could happen? They could pack the Supreme Court. They could take away guns or the Second Amendment. They could change voting laws. They could destroy America as we know it. This is the mantra we've been hearing. It's socialized health care or whatever you mentally think could happen as the worst thing that could possibly happen if Joe Biden is elected president. Then ask this, what is the probability of this happening? So let's run through this exercise as we sit here right now. It appears if things hold serve, the Republicans will hold the Senate. Or at the minimum, it's going to be so tightly split 
maybe even 50-50. So you can guarantee no constitutional amendments are going to be changed. So they can't disavow the gun rights or take away the Second Amendment because you need two-thirds majority in both House and Senate to change the Constitution. So that's out. Uh, Any executive order that Biden would try and put out there against any of these things will more than likely be headed to a Supreme Court, which is now a six to three majority to the Republicans. And it appears that the Democrats probably are not going to take back the Senate. So thus, you know, they're not going to be able to pack the Supreme Court. Uh, What else Uh, is the probability of a radical socialist agenda implementing It's almost impossible to do if the Senate doesn't flip. And again, it could, but it's appearing based on the numbers that it's just very unlikely that it's going to happen. So then if I'm a a Donald Trump supporter, then what in the world do I do about the probability of any of this happening? Well, as a Republican, maybe you may decide to already begin looking at midterms elections or being actively engaged with your politicians to... That, that are there and trying again to get your voice heard and change things. Or maybe you'll just go back to that old wake up, go to work, do my duties, live life to the fullest. See, laying out the extremes, then the probabilities, and then what you do puts you in charge mentally and physically. And the whole thing doesn't look quite so daun- daunting. Almost always when we step back from the emotions that we've been hearing in the media and social media and the politicians themselves and, and, and they lay out these doomsday scenarios of everything. When you put them down on paper rationally on what happened, it really doesn't appear as bad as it seems. The same thing would happen for a, for a Democrat. So, so to the Democrat, what's the worst case scenario? Trump wins, of course, right? Well, for those in fear of another four years of Donald Trump and the Republicans holding the Senate, Uh, Trump continues the status quo with his coronavirus economy, Senate still confirming judges over and over and over, let alone if there's another Supreme Court justice that comes available. COVID-19 is still a problem. Life continues with this guy. You just cannot stand. He's loud. He's abrasive. He's egotistical, etc., etc. What's the probability of this happening? It appears if you're a Democrat who hates Trump and if things would occur the democrats are going to hold the house i don't think there's really any question of that at this point so in regards to any radical things that you don't like legislatively from trump or the senate it has to go through the house which is controlled by the dems which means pretty much nothing trump would want to implement will get implemented plus the current liberal supreme court justices are really young Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she was probably the the last one who passed away that, you know, there's not, there's little fear that you would lose any further ground in the Supreme Court. So whatever damage that was done there is pretty much already over. And it appears we're on the cusp of a COVID vaccine or a therapeutic drug. So if you don't like the way that Donald Trump's handled coronavirus i mean the reality is science is getting fairly close to solving this problem anyway so then if i'm a democrat and i don't like trump what do i do about it if the worst case scenario happens and trump is reelected and 
and the Republicans hold the Senate. Well, you could again go back to being actively engaged for the upcoming midterm elections, try again, get voice heard, or maybe just go back to the wake up, go to work, do my duties, live life to the fullest thing. The same rules still apply. And as before, almost always, if we step back from the emotions of the doomsday scenarios and lay out any situation, it really isn't as bad as it seems. Let me bring in some actual quotes from Seneca, another Stoic philosopher. He was a statesman, dramatist. He lived in crazy upheaval. Makes our current upheaval look like child's play. Uh, He lived through a number of emperors, the most note, the age of Nero. And for those of you that have studied history in Rome, you know Nero was a violent, hedonistic, sadistic ruler, to say the very least. And Seneca said this, quote, I may wish to be free from torture, but if the time comes for me to endure it, I'll wish to bear it courageously with bravery and honor. Wouldn't I prefer not to fall into war? Of course, but if a war does befall me, I'll wish to carry nobly the wounds, starvation, and other necessities of war. Neither am I so crazy as to desire illness, but if I must suffer illness, I wish to do nothing rash or dishonorable. The point is not to wish for these adversities, but for the virtue that makes adversities bearable. End quote. That's such a powerful statement. We're not physically facing torture, starvation, or death in combat today, but the concept is still valid. We need to intellectually overcome our adversities. We all need to think through the potential outcomes. When things like an election happen, it takes the edge off the emotion and moves us back towards a more even keel. I know the media, the internet, and others want to stoke fear, anger, anxiety as it makes them money. But you do not have to participate in it. Stay focused on reality, not the telenovela drama on TV or social media. We'd be crazy to want to face difficulty in life. But we'd be equally crazy to think that it isn't going to happen. We have to prepare for difficulty to happen so that we'll be ready and we're not surprised by it. Is anyone actually and honestly surprised that we're in this situation as we are today as we look at this election? It was pretty much coming down to this no matter what. If we consider these things outside of emotion, it allows us to prepare our best responses which we do control. It creates freedom intellectually. And number three, what if I told you that every single bad thing that happens is an opportunity for you to grow intellectually? This election and the results are an opportunity for you to reach a higher intellectual plane. You should grab it and run with it. You may say, oh, no, no, no. Don't don't give me such a cheerleading pom-pom speech. This thing is terrible. It's all around terrible. Nothing good can come of it. I'm going to disagree with you. If you're suffering and anxiety riddled from this election, it is not this thing that disturbs you, but your own judgment about it. And it is in your power to wipe out this judgment now. What if everyone in this country would own this every day in all aspects of our life? This concept makes you responsible for your own life. You don't control external events. I'm sorry, but you control how you choose to look at them and then respond to them. And in the end, that's all that matters. The impediment to action ultimately will advance your action. 
What stands in the way becomes the way. Of course it is your choice to be angry, to go online and post mean comments and, uh, and memes attacking others with a different political view and blame the ignorance of the other side for how they voted. Side note, how is it we have so many quote-unquote brilliant minds posting how dumb other people are and incredulous how anyone could be so stupid as not see things like they see them with their own superior intellectual self. And actually, if you do that on the election or any other issue, guess where that'll get you? Nowhere. Not to offend here, but be careful of anyone claiming they are so smart and the other guy is such an idiot. That level of hubris, when we step back to look at it from a detached third-person perspective, makes the accuser of others of being stupid look, well, pretty stupid themselves. But back to our mental exercises. Instead of letting emotions dominate, do this. Mentally say, this happened. This is the worst case scenario, and this is how I'll proceed. It's a choice. It's about action. It's about focus on things that you can control. Now, you may say, oh, that's way too simplistic. Don't you know we are on the verge of socialism, a dictator, civil war, the entire country in a state of pandemic. Uh, The global warming will now swallow up Florida. There's going to be hysteria and there's going to be riots. Yeah, well, maybe. Possibly. It could happen. I mean, you or I could also die today, too. Uh, We could both worry about that instead. Or possibly, maybe you or I will win the lottery today, too. I mean, that is possible. I mean, you can't say anything is impossible. The point is, here you are. Here I am. We need to focus on now. I'm in Tampa, Florida. It's an absolutely stunning, beautiful day outside. I have a lecture to produce for one of my classes. I'm going to go to the gym after that, and I'm going to and I'm going to get some time. I I if I have extra time, I have a fence. I'm working to build that on my lot. I'm going to do them as best I can in that order, and I'll get as far as I can get, and then I'll pick up tomorrow and I'll start again. Sure, I'm concerned about this election and what may or may not happen. I live in this country. I have my own political opinion, but I will not. I refuse to get swept away in hysteria. I will not, I cannot, and I won't listen blow by blow by blow of every politician, every bobblehead talking head on on TV, every social media person who's who's gloating over a potential victory or lamenting a potential defeat. I won't be drawn in by everybody claiming fraud, theft of election on everything. We won, they lost, blah, blah, blah. Why? I can't fix it. I can't change it. If my candidate wins, I'll be really happy. If my candidate loses, I'm going to be disappointed. But I will be damned if I'm going to let it stop me from living my life and going about my business. Many just do this anyway. And as you listen to this, you you might be on your way into doing this right now. But in those quiet moments, in those moments where we're on social media, watching TV, watching news, all of us need to clean out that horrid emotion of anger 
at other people who don't agree with you. You need to not be riddled with anxiety, fear, and those negative emotions. And every time they creep into your mind at whatever point of the day they show up, you need to chop them off at the knees. Let's get back to it. For any and all of this to work, you need to be mindful. We're not very mindful in this country. We're so busy, caught up in stuff and garbage and things that we don't pay attention to what's going on in our mind. See, those first two exercises, you can't do them if you're not mindful. So what does being mindful even look like? You're mindful when you self-monitor those thoughts, those emotions. You observe your thoughts and actions as they happen in the here and now so that you are fully aware of what you are doing at each instant. Many people get an emotion and it just runs their life the entire day. Heck, for many, those emotions can run unchecked for months or years. For many, this election cycle, they've been running on high in fear and anxiety for months and months and months now. Wouldn't it be nice to just stop? Isn't it time to just step back and breathe and check that emotion and run through a couple of these exercises? I provided and simply rein in the drama and anger. You need to be mindful. Let's just cool it down. Let's rationalize it out and focus on the things you have the power to influence. And if you do this, I guarantee you, your perspective will change dramatically. Some of those most popular movies are, you know, the superhero Marvel comic book movie figures. And when we watch these movies, read those comic books, see those shows, those heroes have superpowers. Some of them like flying or superhuman strength or maybe even change the weather. We can't have those types of superpowers. But there is one superpower we can all have that literally makes us immune to whatever the world throws at us. That superpower is free will. It is possible, whatever anyone says to us, someone does to us, or whatever life event occurs, humans, you and I, we have the ability, regardless of an election outcome, to decide, just decide that this event will not stop me or you from being a rational, kind, empathetic, gracious, hardworking, helpful open-minded person. It's a great time to challenge yourself to take full control of your runaway emotions and realize you and only you control your outcomes in life. If you do this, regardless of anything that happens and swirls around you, you have control. You and only you. You control your mind. Those outcomes in your mind, you control them. Not the president, Not the external circumstances around you. Not anything. This is an amazing superpower to possess when you think about it. If your candidate ends up winning today in a week or after a Supreme Court fight, God forbid this doesn't go that long. Congratulations. But he's not going to make anything better for you if you continue the mindset that others can save you. You haven't been saved. In this mode, when you think a president or an election is going to save you, when you're in that mindset, you're a victim, actually. You're like a speck of dust being blown around like the wind because it all happens inside of you, not some external third person. You cannot control what Joe Biden or Donald Trump does. That's beyond your realm, whoever wins. 
So be gracious in your victory. It's awesome when your candidate wins an election. I know I've had candidates win elections. I've also had candidates lose elections. But challenge yourself. Your best self is rational. They're kind. They're empathetic. They're open-minded. And they're hardworking. If your candidate loses, I am sorry. It's going to be painful to pretend otherwise is just ignoring reality. But the world hasn't ended. You possess the power to make the best of a tough situation. This may be your moment of growth, like I mentioned earlier. Be gracious in defeat. I hate to tell you if others voted against your candidate, it doesn't make them ignorant or stupid. Their reality is not yours. It's different than yours. And in a democracy, the majority choose. It just didn't work out this time for you. Your best self, though, is rational, kind, empathetic, open-minded, hardworking. See, the external circumstance of an election will not make or break you as a person unless you surrender that superpower. If you choose to surrender that superpower, whether your candidate won or lost doesn't actually matter as you will lose in the long run. Or at least it's going to lead you to a meek and a timid existence waiting and waiting and thinking some external person or force is going to make it all better, make it equal, make it fair someday as this can't happen, never will happen, never has happened in the history of civilization. So the victory is already there whether your candidate won or lost. It's inside of you. It's not at the ballot box. So today, this worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. So today, just try this. How about you just worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And then when tomorrow gets there, you can worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. (laughs) But today, today, just focus all your energy and effort on living your very best life now. Control the things you can control and leave the rest. Trump might win. Biden might win. Someday, one of them will be declared the winner. But today, today start the process of you taking control of whichever situation happens. Deal with what may happen when it arrives. Follow the techniques and the mindset I mentioned. It's going to make life much, much easier to cope with. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. These are crazy times, but we, you and I both, can elevate ourselves in the midst of this craziness and use this event as a tool to move our lives further along intellectually than we may have been in the past. I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, so if you click like, follow you're going to be alerted when new episodes come available until the next episode i hope you have a wonderful week